Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages. Live down the internet. This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. We are streaming live down the internet from London. This show is dedicated to God for our Lord Jesus Christ. On tonight's show, we will continue to discuss the subject, the Seventh-day Sabbath in history. We will be studying what the Bible teaches. Our guest speaker is based in Maryland, the United States of America. More about our guests after we've had some music. Be left behind 
Jesus is the only one who can bring the sun to shine. Now I feel just like the sky when the rain begins to start. I can't stop these tears I cry from the pain that's in my heart. No, they must not know this man called Jesus. If they'd known him like I do, if they'd felt his gentle touch, if they'd only seen the love in his eyes. Well, I hope someday they will, then like me they'll understand what it is to know They'd felt his gentle touch If they'd only seen the love in his eyes Well, I hope someday they will Then like me they'll understand What it is to know this man called Jesus Seventh-day Sabbath in History. We will continue to discuss this subject tonight with Elder Ray Ricardo. Have a pen and paper ready to write down some notes. Let's now call Elder Ricardo and see if he is available. Hello, good evening, Elder Ricardo. You are live on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. How are you this evening? Fine, thank you, John. Praise the Lord. Yes, glad that you're keeping well. Well, Elder, tonight we will be discussing these questions together as we continue to look at the Seventh-day Sabbath in history. How does the Seventh-day Sabbath relate to Jesus? Was the Seventh-day Sabbath abolished by Jesus and changed to Sunday? Was the seventh-day Sabbath kept by the Apostolic Church after Jesus was resurrected? Why do religious leaders in the Christian world undermine the seventh-day Sabbath? And what has God asked his people to do to counteract these false teachings? So, Elder, um, as it is our custom, um, before we start the discussion, shall we have a word of prayer together, please? Father in heaven, we come before you today with grateful hearts 
to know that we can petition the throne of grace at this time. And so we come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we do ask that you will come and take our hearts and grant us wisdom from above and an understanding heart that we may learn the things that you have for us. Please, dear Lord, bless us with the presence of your angels that they may accompany us and that we may discuss the things that are essential to salvation. Now, through Christ our Lord, once more, wash us in the blood of Jesus, forgive us of our sins, and help us now to discuss this most vital topic of the Sabbath in history. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Elder DiCardo, how does the Seventh-day Sabbath relate to Jesus? You know, John, this uh, was one of the questions I actually really enjoyed uh, in relation to the connection that you were bringing out. I thought it was fascinating when you look at last week's lesson in conjunction with this one. uh, this, This is the key to me that ties everything in, because when you look at the Sabbath, people often ask that question. You know, how does that relate to Jesus? I mean, yes. I, I, I can understand what day it is, you know, the seventh day being the Saturday, from, you know, that issue, that's easy to understand. But how does that all relate to Jesus Christ? Yes. Now, if you remember, and I'm going to take you to a couple of passages, let's go back into the book of Genesis quickly. We're looking here in Genesis uh, chapter 2, and we looked at this last week, but I want to refresh our audience's uh, memory, yes. uh, and then uh, dovetail into an, a, a text in the New Testament for a moment. So this is Genesis 2, this is the biblical account of the the uh, the end of the creation, and now God is going to establish the seventh day as the Sabbath, and this is what he says in verse 1 of Genesis chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from his work, from all his work, which God had created and made. So here you see God now finishing his work of creation, uh, and he rests on the Sabbath day, and he blesses and sanctifies this day. So he puts this day uh, apart for a special purpose. But notice, this day is a reminder, once again, a pivotal reminder that God created the heavens and the earth. Now, let's go to the New Testament, yes. and here we're going to see the direct connection to Jesus Christ. And if we're looking here in John, the Gospel of John, we're going to look at chapter 1, John chapter 1, and we're going to look here, um, well, you know what, Let, let's go to verse 1. Let's start off here, because this is going to give us an interesting connection yes. with Jesus and the Father. It says, in the beginning, and by the way, that's the same phrase you find in the in Genesis account, in, in Genesis chapter 1, 1, in the beginning, uh, and uh, really what it means before space and time. In other words, yes. it's something we can't fully comprehend. So, But in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And so we're now going to find out who this Word is. We know, of course, obviously, if you look down at verse 14, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Of course, that's Jesus Christ. But he says this in verse verse 3 now. Listen very carefully. All things were made by Him, meaning made by the Word. Yes. And without Him was not anything made that was made, speaking of Jesus Christ. So 
in the beginning, Jesus was with the Father. So Jesus is eternal. Yes. Uh, and therefore, we find his role in creation. With nothing, it says all things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. So everything was made by him, and that includes the Sabbath. In other words, when God created the heavens and the earth, and in six days he, he finished all his work, then on the seventh day he made and created and, or, and, and sanctified, I should say, the seventh day. Yes. Uh, this has a direct correlation to Jesus, because Jesus is the creator. Now let, let's look at this again now. Go over to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, and again we're going to see how the Apostle Paul clearly indicates who the creator of the heavens and the earth really is. Now look at this here now, Colossians chapter 1, we're looking now at verse 16, speaking of Jesus Christ. uh, Let's let's go back and let's uh, get the um, context here. Um, If you look at the latter part of verse uh, 13, he says, um, has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, yes. meaning the Father has translated into his dear son, speaking of Jesus Christ, in whom, verse 14, speaking of Jesus Christ, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Okay? So he's preeminent above everything that's ever been created yes. or everything that's known. Right? So in other words, uh, in terms of creation. Then he says this, verse 16, By him, for by him were all things created, that were in heaven, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be, be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Now this is very clear, how that creation ties directly into Jesus, because Jesus is the creator. Amen. And why is the Sabbath so significant? Because the Sabbath is a memorial that God created the heavens and the earth. Yes. So this is what you find, John, is that the Sabbath has a, a direct correlation to Jesus being the creator. Amen. Yes. Well, Elder, and um, what can I say? You know, the scriptures are really clear about this. And um, Elder, can we go to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 9? Just um, I, I had this Bible text as well. Um, just All to, right. um, again, just to add further weight to what the elders share. share oh, amen. Listeners. Amen. Yes, because um, it states here, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world have been in God, have been in God. Sorry, who that's God created all things by Jesus Christ. You see, amen. And so the Bible amen. has testimony after testimony, listeners that. All things were created by Jesus Christ, and as Elder shared with us, he was the one that had made the Sabbath, you see? Yeah, amen, amen. You know, John, I tell you, you know, it's very interesting yes. a lot of this passage you're just reading out of Ephesians, because here, once again, you're seeing how that, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul is doing everything he can here in the book of Ephesians to yes. try to bring both Jews and Gentiles together in the fellowship of Jesus Christ. Yes. And what's interesting in Ephesians chapter 3, as you bring out here, he ties in uh, Jesus Christ as the creator in relation to this issue of, uh, of bringing people together. You know, look, if Jesus Christ is not the cornerstone of, of, of creation or salvation, then there is no such thing as, you know, 
the creation as the biblical account indicates, or salvation as the Bible indicates. In other words, look, either Jesus Christ is who he professes to be, either he did create the heavens and the earth, either he is our salvation, or he isn't. And I, I'm for one, declare that he is, that he is not a liar, that the Bible stands true, that he is precisely what he declares himself to be, and that Jesus Christ is our creator, and that the Sabbath is a memorial to remind us who Jesus Christ really is. Amen. Well, Elder, moving on. Was the Seventh-day Sabbath abolished by Jesus and changed to Sunday? Well, now, John, again, that's been a question that has really been uh, plagued uh, the, the Christian Church for a long time. Yes. Uh, people have been asking that question, but if uh, there's a real simple response, and it's not very difficult. As a matter of fact, it comes from Jesus Christ himself, Matthew chapter 5. If you turn there in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 5, if you look here with me, starting with verse 17. Now, this is Jesus himself speaking and clearly indicating yes. his intent in relation to the law of God. Now, remember what James 2.10 says, if you offend in one point, you're guilty of all. Yes. And so it's very clear that we know that this, the same principle that applies in terms of the first commandment applies to every other commandment. In other words, that's why Jesus said, love is the fulfilling of the law. Yes. So love is the very driving force, the motivating factor as to why we keep the commandments of God. It's not because we're trying to be saved. Now, listen, dear friends, nobody's going to be saved by any effort on their part to try to make things right with God and their fellow man, or uh, God in, in, in relation to your sins. You can't do that. Jesus has to work in you both to willing to do of his good pleasure. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ and his merits alone. Suffice it to say, though, look very carefully now. Here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, these are the words of Jesus Christ. He says, think not. Now, let me stop right there. This is old English. Yes. We don't speak this way anymore. Of course, this is five, six hundred-year-old English. And, and if we were to put it in today's vernacular, it would say something like, don't let it enter your mind. Don't, con- right. don't even give it a thought. Um, uh, you know, don't consider it this way and so forth. So we would speak it in, you know, express it in this way. So think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. In other words, to demonstrate and to show. I want to fulfill the obligations of all that the law requires. Hmm. He says, for I, uh, for verily, I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot and one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Now, what's interesting, and most people seem to forget the rest of the the 19 and 20, and I want to read these to you because this is very important. Uh, And listen to what he says. Whoever therefore shall break one of the least of these commandments and teach and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Meaning, if you in any way go about teaching people, it's okay to violate one of those commandments. Yes. And you're going around sharing people, saying, oh, no, you don't have to keep the seventh-day Sabbath. Oh, no, no, you don't have to uh, 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 um, uh, honor the second commandment, or the third, or the tenth, or any other. Uh, The Bible says, God considers you least in the kingdom of heaven. Meaning, there is is an announcement, a pronouncement of of a curse. Yes. Uh, But then he goes on to say, but whosoever shall teach and uh, do and teach 
them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. In other words, those who do the commandments, all of them, and teach every, uh, teach people to obey all the requirements, not yes. some, but all, shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, now in verse 20, this is interesting. Why does he bring this up in verse 20? I want to show you this now. Verily yes. I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, why did he say that in relation to what he just said about the law of God, that I, I didn't come to do away with the law? The reason being, John, the Pharisees the, 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 and the scribes, yes. these people were teaching people uh, a, a legalistic uh, doctrines and, 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 and the way in which their righteousness, and I put this in quotation, their righteousness, their righteousness never fulfilled the righteousness that God required in, in relation to the law. Yes. Uh, and so, in essence, they were teaching people by the way that they were living and the way that they were um, um, instructing them. Really, in essence, they weren't teaching people to keep the law the way God did. Yes. You, know, you see, this is they were legalistic, John. They were they were they, they kept the letter of the law, but they never kept the spirit of the law. Yes. God wants you to do both. He wants you to do both, but the more important thing is, John, the spirit of the law. Yes. And so, did Jesus come in any way to diminish, uh, to do away with, to modify, to change the day from one day to another regarding the nature of the Sabbath? Well, his words tell you very clearly, no. Yes. No, absolutely not. Yes, as simple, again, as that the Bible's very clear. See, and again, mm. listeners, this is what this radio show has been established for, and this is why we broadcast every Sunday evening, so that we can take you for the scriptures, so that you can see exactly what God says Himself mm. about these matters. So, the seventh day Sabbath was not abolished by Jesus and changed to Sunday, as the elders shared. Mm. So, now then, was the seventh day Sabbath kept by the Apostolic Church after Jesus was resurrected? Absolutely, and I'm going to show you. Look at this now. we got a lot of passages here, so we need to move quick. Let's look at this now. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Let's look at verse 20. This is Jesus is prophesying of the destruction of Jerusalem uh, in uh, AD 70. This is the end uh, when uh, Titus comes and he, and he annihilates the city. Uh, now remember, this event is 39 years after after Jesus is crucified and resurrected. Yes. So 39 years. Now Jesus is prophesying here of the future. And this is what he's expecting his people to do after the resurrection. He says this in verse 20, Pray that ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither yes. on the Sabbath day. So here we have, John, I'll tell you something right now to be yes. very honest that's the only verse we would need. But yes, there's absolutely. many more, but I'm going to show you. But 39 years after his resurrection, Jesus told his people, expected them, and prayed that, that they, their flight would not be on the Sabbath day. Which means the Sabbath day, Jesus is prophesying, 39 years after his resurrection would still be bind, bind, binding upon the saints. Yes. Mm. Yes. See? Yes, Elder. Yeah. And, um you know, again, the Bible makes it clear. Jesus himself yep. warns his disciples not to flee on the Sabbath. If the Sabbath wasn't of any 
um, what wasn't to be kept, and why did he state that? Think about that, listeners. That's you see. right. That's so, right. Really, that's really that's it. Right. So right now, let, let 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 me show you now. Yes. Let me show you a few, just a few more verses in the Book of Acts regarding the apostolic church. Because here's what some people say, John. This is what some. Well, that was for the Jews. Yes, right. But the Gentiles in the New Testament never kept the Sabbath. In other words, you don't have any of the Gentiles. In other words, Jesus wasn't expecting the Gentiles to keep the Sabbath. Right. But I I beg to disagree, because I'll tell you why. If you go to Acts 17.2, go over to Acts 17.2, we're going to look at a few verses in the book of Acts. Yes. And I think it'll be made very plain. Speaking of the Apostle Paul, it says, And Paul, as his manner was, or as his custom, went unto them, Three Sabbath days, reason with them out of the scriptures. So, what was the custom of, G- of, of the Apostle Paul, who's an apostle to the Gentiles? Yes. What was his uh, custom? To go to what day to, on what church? Or, or what day to, on church? And he went on the Sabbath day. Yes. So, Sabbath day was custom, uh, Paul's custom to worship uh, God. Now, having set that stage, let's go to Acts chapter 18. That's the next chapter right on over. Let's go to Acts 18.4. Speaking again of the Apostle Paul, says this in verse 4, And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. Amen. So this wasn't just exclusively for the Jews. We know Jews and the Greeks worshipped on the Sabbath day. Now, there's another verse. Let's go over to Acts chapter 13. Go back with me to Acts 13. And look here with verse 42, Acts 13, verse 42. It says this, again, this is referring to to Paul and the work that he's doing. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that the words might be preached unto them next Sabbath. Now, let me just stop right there. Had the day of worship been changed, had the day of worship been changed from Saturday to Sunday, Yes. The Gentiles would not have requested of the Apostle Paul to preach to them next Sabbath. They would have said, why don't you preach to us tomorrow? Yes, you're right. Because Saturday is the Jews' day, and Sunday's the Gentiles' day. Yes. But that's not what they said. In other words, had the day been changed from Saturday to Sunday... The the question that they uh, made uh, to the Apostle Paul would not have been made any sense whatsoever. Yes. Because why wait a week when all you have to do is wait 24 hours? Yes, I'm with you. So verse 42 is very, very important. But look what it goes on to say in verse 44. Look what it says here. Yes. And the next Sabbath day, so here the, they waited the entire week, came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. So this is referring to the Gentiles. Yes. This is exclusively to the Gentiles coming and preaching to them, uh, and that's very, very clear. Now, look, we're going to go to one more passage, because I know what people think and, uh, regarding this issue, but we're going to try to solve it. This is about the New Testament. This is about the, uh, the, the Sabbath in relation to the uh, after the resurrection. Yes. If you go to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10, Revelation 1, 10. Look what it says here, Revelation 1.10. John is speaking, and John is the great uh, apostle, the revelator of the end times. So surely um, John would have something to say if the day uh, uh, was changed from Saturday to Sunday. We know yes. Paul doesn't make any indication. 
So what about John? It says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Now, so let's stop. By. I was in the Spirit, meaning I, I was uh, being baptized. I, you know, this the Spirit was coming upon me, yes. and it happened to be on the Lord's day. So John is going to receive revelations from God, prophecies from God on the Lord's day. Amen. So the question you've got to ask yourself, what day is, is Jesus Lord of? What day is he Lord of? So he, this is the Lord's day. So, John, yes. look, here's all you've got to do. If you go with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 12, and here we find the answer, Matthew chapter 12, and if you look with me here in verse 8, it clearly indicates what day Jesus is Lord of. Look what it says. Yes. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. Amen. And it's, a, and it's just another just a point of reference for our audience. In Isaiah 58, 13 and 14, once again, it speaks of the Lord's day being the Sabbath. Yes. So we have clear testimony from Jesus Christ, from John, from Paul, all indicating that the Sabbath is not an exclusive uh, to the Jews. It was intended for all people, Jew and Gentile alike, and that Jesus expected his people uh, to keep the Sabbath after his resurrection, that he'd not change the day to any other day, that the seventh-day Sabbath still is binding upon all, and God requires that we keep it. Yes, amen to that. Elder Ray, I can't thank you enough for such a detailed and clear explanation of this matter because it's very important. And I would say mm. again to our listeners, don't trust in what men have to say. Trust simply mm. in what God has to say. Study the Bible for yourselves Amen. because as Amen. we've shared tonight, the Bible's clear upon this teaching. Now then, now this moves us on to our next question. Why do religious leaders in the Christian world undermine the Seventh-day Sabbath? You know, again, John, I'll tell you, I've done meetings all over the world, and I can yes. tell you I have talked to religious leaders of various denominations uh, regarding this issue, and sometimes, I must be honest, I just scratch my head in unbelief. Not, uh, I'm not real, uh, understanding, really, the intent of... of what is motivating them. Yes. Now, I'm not going to sit here and judge anybody's character or motivation. I suffice it to say, I will, I will indicate this. I'll tell you what the Scripture says. Uh, we know, for example, and I'm going to show you something, and this is real quick. If you'll turn me, with me in your Bibles to the book of Revelation, I'm going to show you what the Bible says that Satan's attitude is towards the, those who keep the commandments of God. Okay, yes. so this, And this, I think, will help you to understand why certain uh, people within Christianity, particularly uh, among the leaders, uh, oppose the Seventh-day Sabbath. Look what it says here, Revelation twelve seventeen. The dragon was wroth or angry with the woman, so much so that he went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Why? because they keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Why does Satan hate God's church so much? Well, here are two reasons. One, yes. they keep the commandments of God, and in that, obviously, is the seventh-day Sabbath. Yes. Uh, and the other is the testimony of Jesus Christ. And, of course, that's the testimony of his word, and later on it goes on to say in 1412, 
the spirit of prophecy, which we know to be a, a beautiful gift. Yes. Suffice it to say, look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. In Mark 2.27, if we go back to the beautiful Gospel of Mark, and we then look very clearly at what uh, Jesus said, look at this. And Jesus said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. So what do we understand? Why, why does Satan hate the Sabbath so much? I think it goes all the way back to question one, because it points to Jesus as the Creator. Yes. Because the Sabbath is a memorial that God instituted for the human race to remember Him. And that uh, it's a, a memorial, as we studied last week, uh, that He's our Savior. He saves us by His grace, that He's our Creator. Dear friends, let me tell you this right now. There's not a question in my mind why Satan hates the Sabbath, and, and perhaps even why some people within Christianity who profess to be followers of God hate the Seventh-day Sabbath, because it is completely um, disrupting their order of things. Just as the Pharisees hated Jesus because yes. he overthrew their system of religious beliefs and uh, disrupted their, their power structure, uh, I think there are those today within Christianity who despise the Seventh-day Sabbath because they know um, that it will completely uh, throw them out of uh, positions of authority. Uh, the, the Sabbath is, is, uh, is a memorial. It's an institution to remind us of who Jesus really is. Satan hates the Sabbath, and he's going to get his followers to hate it as well. Yes. Thank you, Elder, for explaining this point to us and now what has God asked his people to do to counteract these false teachings are we just to sit back idle does the Bible does God give us his people anything to do mm, absolutely John no doubt about it well if we go to first Timothy we're actually going to go to first and second Timothy but yes. let's look at first Timothy and let's look at this uh, very quickly, First Timothy chapter 4. Let's look here at verse 1. First Timothy 4, verse 1. Now this just sets the stage. It says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly, that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, right. speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Now let's stop right there. We know, according to the Apostle Paul, here in Timothy, that in the last days, we know people are going to depart from the faith. They're going to be giving heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. Yes. They're going to speak lies in hypocrisy. In other words, they're just they're hypocrites. But what's interesting, John, that last phrase in verse 2 is a very serious one. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. In other words, we know that they are rejecting God's truth slowly, slowly, but surely they're slowly rejecting the truth. And this, of course, brings about a result of a, what the Bible calls searing the conscience. Jesus put it this way, another way of, of rejecting the Spirit is really what it comes down to. And, uh, and, you know, Jesus said, you know, all manner of sin can be forgiven you, but the, the sin of, against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven you. And so I caution our audience... Uh, please, if God is calling upon you, as Paul says in Hebrews and David said in the Psalms, today if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. 
as in the day of provocation, because, you know, dear friends, you don't know when God's going to call you again. So the time that you hear the voice, it potentially could be the last time you hear that voice. So that's why it's a very serious thing to reject the calling of God. Now, let's look here at 2 Timothy now. Now we're looking at 2 Timothy. This is the response. So we know the doctrines of devils are being preached. What does God expect of you? What does he want you to do? He says this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Here it is. Preach the word. Listen, friends, not preach opinions, not a consensus based on the church board, or not the church manual, not the church committee, not any, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, um, decree that's been voted by the church committees uh, of the conference or the divisions or any other. No, it says preach the word, meaning the word of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And that's the key. Preach the word. Now, this is what he says. Be instant, in season and out of season. Whether it's convenient or not, dear friends, you ought to preach the truth. Whether it's convenient or not, you ought to tell the truth. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. And the key was, is, there is long-suffering, compassion. You don't chastise and, and berate people for the sake of berating them. Listen, it's out of love and compassion, and you do so with a gentleness and a compassion that God gives, mm-hmm. not with a, a human spirit, but with a divine one. He goes on to say this in verse 3, For the time will come when they shall not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. In other words, those who don't want to hear the truth will find preachers that will satisfy their carnal desires, false teachers, and they'll preach the lies to them that they want to hear. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. He says this, But watch thou in all things, endure inflictions, do the work of an evangelist. Friends, Go about preaching the Word of God. Do all that you can. Be faithful and true, and win as many souls as you can. He goes on to say, make full proof of your ministry. And so this is the point uh, that we need to remember. What are we to do today to counteract false teachings? Understand the times in which you live. Recognize the situation, and stand faithful and true to God, and preach the Word in season and out, and do the work of an evangelist. Get busy winning souls. Amen. Amen. Well, Elder Ricardo, we'll have a break here for some music and we'll come back and we'll round off the discussion for this evening. and mind 
God makes my day so fine. I see the summer rain, sunshine that paints pretty rainbows. Hard times I've been through, good times I've come to, and I'll be a true now on, the wonder of God's love God's creation makes us wise the trees the sunset stars in the skies nature's in harmony just watch a baby smile Jesus thanks for loving me please help me now to live with more honesty you've taught me who love is for you have set me free I see the summer rain Sunshine that paints pretty rainbows Hard times I've been through Good times I've come to And I'll be a true now the wonder of God's love I see the summer rain sunshine that paints pretty rainbows hard times I've been times I've come to and I'll be a true reflection now the wonder of God's love the wonder of God's love the wonder of God's Seventh-day Sabbath in history. Elder Ricardo, closing thoughts, please, for this evening. Well, you know, the last two weeks we've looked at the Sabbath in history, and we looked at it from really multiple sides. We, of course, have seen that the Bible clearly indicates the origin of the, of the Sabbath back in Genesis that it's an institution God established for mankind, not just for the Jews, it's for everyone. And that uh, Jesus didn't in any way change the Sabbath. 
that the Sabbath is still binding today, that it is not uh, uh, meant for one particular group, and that in the New Testament we know that the Gentile Christian Church did keep the Seventh-day Sabbath. There's no indication of any other day in the Bible uh, that the uh, Christian Church kept. We know that uh, the Sabbath is to stand for eternity, uh, we know that uh, the new heavens, new earth, in Isaiah 66, 22 to 23, we know that it'll be kept there. So, John, the thing is, we need to understand the, the times in which we live. As we read in Revelation 12, 17, the Sabbath is hated by Satan. Uh, there are those who are going to teach falsehoods regarding the nature of the, uh, the day of worship. Uh, we need to do God's work, preach the word. Be in season and out, do the work of an evangelist. We need to be winning souls and doing all that we can to further the kingdom of God. I would encourage everyone to remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ when working through the Apostle Paul, there in the book of Hebrews, and David as well, as I've indicated. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart as a day of provocation. My friends, if God's calling you to keep the seven-day Sabbath, then you need to honor him and follow him. May God bless you, and I thank you. Amen. Out of the cover, shall we pray now to close the discussion for this evening? Absolutely. Our Father in heaven, once again, we thank you for everything you've ever done for us. Once more, we've looked at the Sabbath truth, and we've seen the enormity of this subject. And it is only true, dear God, that we've scratched the surface. This subject is so deep and profound. And I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to share this truth with others. Lord, please bless. I pray that the meeting will be a success for the kingdom of heaven, that multitudes will come and hear and obey. Now, through Christ our Lord, help us to remember the beauty of the Sabbath, the significance and all that it holds. So once more, dear Lord, bless us and keep us. And help us to be students of your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Elder DiCardo, thank you for joining us this evening on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. Listeners, if you have any questions or if you would like more information, please send an email to inquiries at wildernesspublications.org. You can send a text message to 07944-062-786. If you live in the United Kingdom, please contact us with your name and address, and we will send you a free tract called Jesus Kept Saturday Holy. Do you? Those who are living outside the UK can request for an electronic version to be sent to them free. If you have the Android app for Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio, go to the ebook section, then find the title Bible Readings for the Home. At chapter 94, you'll find the subject, The Sabbath in History. This will give you more information about today's topic. On next week's show, we will discuss the question, how do we enter into God's rest? Well, that's it for tonight's show. Until next week, good night and God bless. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the internet.
this congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week.